Hey, welcome back to Step by Step through Mark's Gospel. There are two camps when it comes to Jesus, those who love him and those who hate him. We're going to see that today. But as we do, bear this question in mind. Which camp do you fit in? Today, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 14 and verses 1 to 11. In the video description, there is a link to an online Bible. Do make use of it. It's always good to read the passage for yourself as well as listen to what someone else has to say about it. Now, here's a question. What do you like to spread on your toast? One of my favourites is Marmite. I have to admit, on first glance, it's not the most appetising food. The words yeast extract are hardly words to get the taste buds going. The thick, dark, gooey, sticky substance in the bottle doesn't fill you with confidence. But then get it on the toast and it tastes so good. Not everyone agrees though. Marmite is one of those foods that divides opinions. Even the people that make it know that. Here's their most famous advertising slogan, Marmite. You either love it or hate it. As we look at our passage today, we see there is some similarity between Marmite and Jesus. He too divides opinion. In verses 1 and 2, we see the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem. Remember, they haven't been too impressed with Jesus so far. And the opinion doesn't seem to be changing. Mark tells us, Now, the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. Now, it's Passover time. That means there were a lot of visitors in Jerusalem. The leaders wanted to be careful that they didn't stir the crowd against them. But they were committed to their plan to arrest and kill Jesus. Next, Mark tells us about a mill that Jesus goes to. It takes place in the village of Bethany, less than two miles outside of Jerusalem, and it's hosted by Simon the leper. It's likely that this may have been someone who had been healed by Jesus, as no one with leprosy would be able to mix with anyone else in Jesus' day, let alone host a mill. Mark's focus, though, is not the house or the host, but an unnamed woman who approaches Jesus. In her hand is an extremely expensive jar of perfume. She breaks it open and pours it over Jesus' head. Now, I don't know what you're thinking at this point. That's not something I've ever seen at a dinner party. And to be honest, being allergic to most many things, it's not something I'd particularly welcome. It doesn't seem to be an act that the people of Jesus' day were used to either. Mark tells us the general response in verses 4 and 5. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages, and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. What she had done horrified people. Particularly, there was a feeling that she'd wasted the bottle of perfume. Surely, it would have been better to sell it and buy food for the poor. Jesus, though, has a different response. It's not that he doesn't care about the poor. Remember, he's healed the sick and he's fed the hungry. He helped the blind beggar when he asked to see. But Jesus sees something here that the others miss. He sees the appropriateness of her actions in both their extravagance and their relevance. 
The people had rebuked the woman. Now Jesus rebukes them. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. But then Jesus explains a little more. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. For Jesus, the cross looms. We don't know how much this woman understood that, but her action is both one of adoration for Jesus and one that encourages him as he walks towards the cross. At the end of this section, Mark takes us away from the mill and focuses in on one of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot. He'd spent the last three years with Jesus. He'd heard his teaching, seen his miracles. But it seems he never really bought into the whole Jesus thing. He's had enough and sees an opportunity to make a bit of cash by trading on his status as a disciple. In verse 10, Mark tells us, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. From the leader's perspective, this fixed a lot of issues. Now they could find a way to get to Jesus quietly when no one else was around. They readily accepted Judas's offer and promised to pay him when the time came. When I think of Judas here, I always wonder what it was that drove him away. What was it about Jesus that he took such exception to? There's no indication in the Bible that Jesus treated him any differently to the other disciples. He was loved as they were. He was accepted as they were. He saw what they saw and heard what they heard. I come back to what I said earlier. Jesus divides opinions. You either love him or you hate him. The Jewish leaders hated him and saw him as a nuisance to get rid of. Judas hated him and decided to betray him. But then we come to the unnamed woman. How different was her response? Where would you say you are in relation to Jesus today? Are you for him or against him? Which camp are you in? How do you even answer that question? Well, you can be in the against camp passively or aggressively. You might be anti-Jesus and clear about it. You might hate the sound of his name or the presence of his followers. Or it might be that you just don't care and don't see any point in following him. Or maybe you are a religious person, but you prefer the ceremonies and the rules and aren't so keen on knowing the person. But what about the four camp? Well, you're there if you come and put your faith in Jesus, if you love him and want to follow him. You're there if you recognise him as your king. Here's something to think about. Is that you today? Well, that's all for this episode. Next time we'll be joining Jesus and his disciples as they have one last meal together before he goes to the cross. Do like or subscribe to the Facebook page, YouTube channel or on the podcast to be notified. Hopefully, see you next time.